anyone who's listening who thinks that coding might be something that they're interested in doing for a full-time job or even a part-time job, um, it's kind of a hybrid role. It's like you are fully capable of learning this whether you have a CS degree or not. Hey all, this is your host DJ and welcome to Decoding IT, a show about technologists, hustlers and the stories behind their journey to a successful tech career and how they did it. Hey Chris, welcome to Decoding IT podcast. Uh, really appreciate to have you here today. Uh, would you want to go ahead and uh, kind of share a little bit about yourself to the audience? Sure. Um, and, and thanks for having me on, DJ. Uh, I, I would say I, I have a kind of a unique story. I kind of I came from finance. I didn't actually touch. Um, I was actually afraid of, of coding for a long time. I didn't even write my first line of code until I was like 27, I think, is, is the age. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, finance, I kind of just moved naturally into more of a systems, financial systems role. And from there, I got a taste of coding and loved it so much that I decided to make a career change into it as a software engineer. And uh, yeah, about three years ago is when I transitioned into IT as kind of a hybrid of, of business analyst and um, engineer. And then most recently in the last year became a full software engineer. That's amazing. And you were at Chick-fil-A, right? Correct. The corporate side? Mm-hmm. That's right. Amazing. That's like a delicious job, I guess. Yeah, I enjoy working there for sure. Uh, yeah, no, I've heard some good, good, good things about from the the company environment. Um, so, what is it like a you know a day of a day in a software engineer's world out there? Yeah, um, in my particular role, um, we try and write our applications to be. I, th- I think the motto is um, cloud first and cloud only. I want to say. And so I usually spend all day in AWS, um, a mixture of Lambdas, more of the serverless world, um, as well as moving into more of the Kubernetes and ECS world with um, containerization and the applications mm-hmm. have a Docker image and everything. Right, right. So that's that's where I, I pretty much live in, eat and breathe inside AWS. Um, and uh, we're, we're often coding in Python and Java. Um, and a lot of backend work. So we, we build a lot of APIs. Um, so that's, I think we're starting to move into the front end a little bit, but it's a lot like a lot of backend stuff, a lot of cloud, a lot of Java and Python. That's amazing. Um, so, uh, have you had any, uh, AWS certification yet? Yeah. Um, so that was actually one of the things I did in order to kind of be considered for the role that I'm currently in. Um, mm-hmm. and pr- previous to that, I, in the first role I had in it, um, it was like a managed data center, um, kind of, kind of world. It wasn't in the cloud at all. And so mm-hmm. I didn't have any cloud experience, but, um, I did go ahead and do and, and pass the, I think it's called the AWS developer associate, um, certification. And, um, that was actually looking back on it. One of the best decisions I made in order to transition into the current role I'm in, cause on day one, as my Podly was explaining the uh, uh, various products they have and how they, they've sit on top of different AWS services. I was able to right. understand all those things from day one. So that was great. Would you mind sharing a little bit about the process that you went through uh, in order to achieve that certification? Like, for example, uh, are there any institutions that you went through or a certification course or anything like that? Yeah, I did. Um, it's called A-Cloud Guru. Um, I want to say I didn't do their subscription. I just did like the one-time uh, fee for their uh, you know developer um, associate course. It was like $100, I think. So I just worked through their 
course and took their practice exam and then took the practice practice exam from AWS um, and then just decided to sit for it after that. Nice, man. Uh, so were, were the training involved uh, with hands-on coding or stuff that they ask in the certification? Or is it more like um, knowledge based, like what is EC2, what is this, what is that, what kind of programming language we write in, but or do you have to write some code as well for your certification? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I, especially with the, with the certification being called developer, I was under the assumption that it was going to be coding intense. Um, but I was I was surprised to find out that it was much more abstract, and they made that very clear in a in the uh, a cloud guru course that this mm -hmm. is not a coding course. It's it's great if you know at least one object oriented programming language, um, you know, fairly in depth. Um, but by no means is it required. And I don't think I wrote a single line of code in on the exam. Um, it was all kind of abstract theory and foundational kind of abstract knowledge essentially. But do you think that having a good understanding of any programming language like Java, Python, JavaScript, or whatever would help you in to get that you know understanding uh, better? Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't hurt. Um, knowing anything in the kind of the tech stack overall would, would probably help, but um, certainly um, knowing how to, how to write an application um, is definitely a good starting point for sure. That's great. So what else do you like besides uh, uh, coding, programming, and all that techie stuff? Yeah, <laughs> um, it's interesting. I um, there's, a, there's a very large overlap between my job and my hobby, and that's kind of why I chose to transition into career. So if I'm not coding, um, which I am a fair amount of, of the time in my free time just for fun, uh, I, I like to get out um, away from the computer and kind of get out into the woods and mountain bike. Um, so time yeah i'll spend some time doing that um on top of that uh i like i like i think this is true of most developers but i just like to learn and um so i've been learning a new foreign language um hebrew and so i've been doing some spend some time doing that um but yeah other than that i think coding mountain biking and learning hebrew is about what i spend my hobby hobby time on nice uh if you're gonna play video game I would have invited you to my clan. <laughs> we, we, I mean, me and my buddies, I mean, I do like a lot of indoor, outdoor stuff, but coming from a military background, we do love to play Call of Duty a lot. So matter of fact, a couple hours ago, we, we met this morning and we just kind of played a couple of hours of Battle Royale. So that was fun. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I, play, I definitely played that in college when the first Call of Duty came out. So I'm a, I'm a little bit like acquainted with that world. <laughs> oh, sweet. Nice. Yep. So are there any kind of like innovative uh, projects or any projects related to coding and programming development that you would like to share uh, with the audience and how you think it kind of impactful uh, in the community? I, I'm because it's a side project of mine. I'm passionate about it. I think it's impactful, but other people might not agree. They might find it kind of boring, but I'll just go ahead and share it. Um, I've uh, always, coming from the business side of things, I always saw what people could do with data, like the financial analysts I worked with and stuff. The problem was is that people were not really equipped um, either with their own skills or like the organization was not equipped to like be able to make data readily available to them, especially in large quantities. And so, um, you know, seeing that frustration and everything really motivated me to like find a way to like abstract the SQL kind of query process for uh, people so they don't have to have that um, in-depth uh, knowledge um, of how SQL works and how databases work and all that kind of stuff. And so 
um, I just in my free time kind of spend time writing um, a SQL kind of query builder application, both like a, a backend API um, that's kind of like the brains of the whole thing. And then like a React front end um, that is kind of that obviously is the UI about how you build a SQL query. So I kind of have this dream that people won't have to have coding experience to get data. Um, they'll be able to kind of uh, do it through a GUI um, and they'll uh, be able to reuse each other's queries within their own, other people's queries and stuff. So um, yeah, I, I, that, that's, that kind of stuff excites me. And uh, that's why I spend my time on just for fun. No, I, I think it is interesting if you kind of like chain couple of uh, buttons or not just button, but kind of that layout and, uh, and kind of execute it. And it basically in, brings out the whole data that you want with the, from the table or the filters out. So I think it's a pretty good use case, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The nice thing is too is it's a full stack kind of application. So I've gotten to learn a little bit of every part of the stack so far from infrastructure to back end to the front end, obviously. So it keeps me learning. So what was your path to that got you here as a software engineer? What way, what route you took? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I shared that I started in finance. I went to school for accounting. Um, I got my bachelor's and master's and my CPA, and I actually sat down to do accounting. And I kind of found out that it wasn't, it was very routine and everything. And um, I didn't really realize that about accounting until I got in the work world, because in school, you're constantly learning new things in each semester, and then you move on to hold a brand new topic and you keep building on your knowledge um, throughout school. And uh, so that kind of took me by surprise. And I think that didn't really sit well with me because I, I learned about myself that I really like to keep learning. Um, and so I, I, found, I found that I was having this hunger to, to do different things. And, uh, but I had, I had a full-time job. I had 40 hours a week doing accounting. And so I found that I found myself like trying to automate pieces of my job um, in order to have new time or free up time to learn new things. And obviously the process of trying to automate something is learning in and of itself. So, um, there was a couple like little projects I had, um, like that automated certain processes or, or at least portions of it. Um, and that's when I realized that systems were probably a place that were, that was a good place for me to go to go into. Um, and, there was a budget um, analyst role, um, but it wasn't just available in different departments, sorry, at Chick-fil-A. And, but it wasn't just analyzing budgets. It was actually implementing a new budget system, enterprise budget system. And so I signed up for that, or I, well, I didn't sign up for it. I interviewed and everything, got the job. And I found that I enjoyed the whole financial system side of things so much that, um, you know, I was kind of, naturally being drawn into like how to how to write code and how to um try and get data out of the system if we needed it um beyond just standard apis that the system provided um so i kind of naturally started getting into like some python and sql and stuff and eventually i realized i liked it so much and it was just such a it was such a great like creative outlet for me that i just didn't have in the accounting world um that i decided to kind of look into um the different software engineer jobs at Chick-fil-A and saw that Java was a requested skill set. And so that's when I decided to enroll in a Java bootcamp. Um, and that was like the end of, or sorry, the beginning of 2017 at the time. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't Java, it was an online bootcamp. So I should have specified that it wasn't like a brick and mortar uh, bootcamp so much. Um, and, but they, it was nice also that the online bootcamp, at least this particular option was 
a lot cheaper than the brick and mortar one. I think it was only like $200 a month and it took me like six or seven months to complete. Um, so it wasn't like a big ticket item necessarily for Chick-fil-A either. I do admire how Chick-fil-A encouraged you to take that training. And after watching your hard work, they ended up um, giving you that software engineer opportunity to showcase your knowledge and the skills. So that's uh, definitely uh, amazing. Yeah, definitely. So you have been a, with a long time at Chick-fil-A, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, almost 10 years now. <laughs> wow. Kind of rare these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they... Uh, they invest in their employees if you're there for like 10 years. Yes, they definitely do. And professional development is a big thing for them. Um, like you said, because they're going to be around or most employees are around for so long. I want to say when I started back in, I think it was 2011, um, I think they had a motto like hire to retire, I think. Um, so they very, very much view it as like, um, I think at one time they even, I hope this, hopefully this isn't creepy. I, I didn't take it as creepy, but they kind of viewed it as like a marriage almost, you know, like um, trying to take care of you um, because yeah. you're going to be around for a long time. They, they want to build you up professionally, personally and everything. Um, so they, they really invest in their, in their people overall. No, absolutely. I get that. And I completely understand the financial aspect because that is one of my favorite areas too. And that's what got mm -hmm. me into Wells Fargo because it was purely tech. Uh, fintech environment that my uh, department is into and we are I'm the, like I've always mentioned in the past that we I'm the also owner of a lot of APIs that we deliver out to the world that is a great place that mm -hmm. I want to be at too because I see fintech to grow a lot in future because in the financial areas things have been rolling but rolling in a kind of a kind of slower pace as compared to the other areas that has been booming with the techno functional um, uh, stuff. Uh, but uh, but I think it's it, there's a lot of room to improve and with the knowledge that you possess, it's gonna take you far as well. So that's that's great. So um, how, how have you been spending this work from home time? Yeah, um, so when everything kind of went down back in like March and April, uh, I won't lie, like I, I was kind of, uh, well, probably like most people were kind of scared about everything. And obviously job security comes into everyone's mind and it came, definitely came into my mind. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll admit, like, I was like, oh man, man, I need to like beef up my resume in case anything happens. I need to, um, you know, go earn another AWS certification. So I started going down that route and um, I started studying for the, I think it's the SysOps admin one. Um, and then I quickly realized like between trying to cram for an exam and then, um, you know, kind of the, the franticness that kind of happened at Chick-fil-A as well, being in the restaurant industry during that time, I realized like this is going to lead to burnout at some point. Um, and so I kind of let go of the, the admin, uh, pursuing the admin certification. Um, and uh, I just kind of spent my time focusing on side projects like that Query Builder app, like I said. Um, you know, mm -hmm. just just if anything, it was kind of like a dual kind of purpose that it was a resume builder, but then also it kind of distracted me a little bit from everything that was going on. And then also I was learning new and relevant skills as I was building that. So um, it was, and it was, sorry, it was a welcome distraction, like kind of take my mind off of things a little bit, you know? So uh, mm -hmm. I think, you know, might not be the most noble of answers there, but that's, that's, that's what happened in my, my, uh, my life on that, on that front. I think as things have, you know, kind of gone along, things have kind of calmed down for us, at least at Chick-fil-A, at least, at least as far as where I sit and as a software engineer. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's calmed down from that kind of, uh, peak in the March, April time period. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I think since that 
happened and uh, it just kept growing and growing and growing. Everybody down the line had that kind of thought of, you know, uh, companies doing layoffs and all that kind of news when started started popping up. It, it was kind of scary for everybody. Yeah. Did you apply uh, for any other software engineer positions after you thought that, hey, you are ready for coding world and that's where you're going to land? Uh, I might also try to look outside um, Chick-fil-A. Did you uh, look outside or just focus there? Um, I did a little bit. Yeah, I, def I definitely did a little bit. But, you know, just with the history I've had with Chick-fil-A and, um, uh, you know, it just being a very unique company, one that takes care of its employees mm -hmm. and everything, uh, I really didn't want to leave. And so I, I kind of I did it just to kind of feel things out outside of Chick-fil-A, but I really wasn't that committed to it because I kind of knew that everything outside probably wouldn't be the same as Chick-fil-A. Um, so all that said, I, I kind of did it, but I didn't put a whole lot of effort into anything outside of it. That's amazing. I mean, the more and more you're talking, you know, I was thinking that uh, about the, you know, the benefit and the positivity of working at Chick-fil-A that I feel like sending you my resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I was going to ask you that if was there any main turning point in your life that made you, you know, switch your careers? But I think you already talked about how um, your accounting area became super stagnant. That is why you had to kind of change because you like to, uh, you know, uh, you you like continue to develop yourself. Are there anything else that you would like to add on? Um, yeah, it, it was. I think you got a lot of it right there when you said I, I like to develop myself. I think also. Um, you know, at one time in my life, I actually thought about becoming an artist. Uh, and I think there's that, there's a piece of me that likes to just build things, um, and be creative and stuff. And so, you know, that there's, there was more than just the wanting to learn. It was wanting to learn in order to create things. And so IT and software engineering was much more of a outlet for that than finance was at least, at least more of the, you know, not so much the FinTech, you know, where, uh, industry where you're pushing things more kind of the old you know, uh, traditional accounting world doesn't have that uh, outlet as much. So when you said artists, is it like uh, painting, drawing or like musical artists or what? Yeah, um, I I think back in the day it was like scratch board and um, I don't think I ever did painting at all. It was more like um, colored pencils and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So more, more drawing, I guess I should say, than like real artistry. Yeah, I mean, I like to draw too. But I'm not good at painting. So cool. Uh, I know we talked about a lot of cool stuff about the tech and the benefits and all of that. The fun stuff keeps you on your toes and all that. But uh, those also come with a little bit of struggle and pain. Uh, do you have any that you would like to share with others? Yeah. Um, I know, man, there's a lot, I, there's a lot I could cover there because I went through a lot and still do sometime. But I know imposter syndrome is a big one. Um, and I'm not sure if I need to find, I'm sure you know what imposter syndrome is, but for anyone listening, it's, it's kind of the idea that you don't really belong where you are, that you're not worthy of being there, um, that you're kind of like an outcast, I guess. And for someone who um, is not a, mm -hmm. you know, didn't go to the, tr the traditional computer science or information systems route like I did, um, or sorry, that I did not do that, then you can definitely, you're going to end up in a world where there's a fair amount of computer science majors and, um, you know, it, it's going to be, you can definitely feel like you're out of place or you're not worthy of being there or you're like second, a second grade or second class engineer. And I definitely went through that. I went through that 
big time when I first started in IT, like everything I just, even if it wasn't an engineer, if someone was just in IT, I was like, oh, I'm not worthy to be in your presence and stuff, you know? Um, so I think the only remedy, at least my remedy to that mm -hmm. was just as I was coding and as I was pushing more deployments, you know, to different environments. And I, I saw that, you know, things didn't fall apart. I didn't break any system, you know, <laughs> that I realized like, oh, I can do this, you know, and I'm, I'm not any different from um, the other software engineers that's beside me, you know, um, we can, I can push code just as well as they do. And we can even learn from each other in different areas. Like I can make up for that person's weaknesses and they can make up for my weaknesses and, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, I would say if, if someone is feeling imposter syndrome, um, I would honestly say that's, that's normal. And even I would even go as far to say that's actually kind of a good thing because I think that shows that there's some humility involved in that person. Um, rather, if, and if they were to come at it with like, um, you know, oh, I, I got this all figured out and everything, you know, I'm like the best thing since sliced bread in the, pro in the programming world. I, that's more of, I think they actually could benefit from some imposter syndrome. So I definitely have my fair share of that. Um, I, I even had some people who weren't the most sympathetic or understanding to what I was trying to do. I think I had like one person um, who didn't understand what I was, my, my journey I was trying to go on um, into software engineering that they even said something like, um, you know, maybe this other company chose someone who, got, who actually knew how to code, you know, to me. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really rude and very, very discouraging. So. You know, it, it's just different people mm -hmm. don't understand what you're trying to do. Um, yeah. And then there's also the kind of demons you have to fight in your own mind as far as imposter syndrome goes. No, I completely agree. There are always people, those who, when they see you moving in the right direction, will try to pull you down. If I do go through with somebody like that, I always think that, hey, I'm on the right track, that this guy's trying to pull me down or a girl's trying to pull me down. I, I, <laughs> I Then I just take a step back. I'm like, uh, dude, you're on the right path. <laughs> Else they wouldn't care to say those kind of stuff. Yeah, and and to just to say that you are the second person on this uh, podcast um, guest who came in and talked about imposter syndrome. There's uh, there was another episode that I did with um, um, Angelica. She did talk about that too. So uh, be sure to check that out. So that is amazing. So what is your, you know, a motivation um, to, you know, gets you up in the morning and uh, makes you stay up on this coding journey? Because I know it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right about that. It's like you're constantly learning. Um, and so I think for me, I was given advice by, I think, our former software engineering director that, you know, software engineering is always going to be frustrating. There's no really way around that. Um, not to say you don't have moments of triumph and, and things that do work out as they originally were intended to, but you know, you're definitely gonna run across frustration and stuff. But if you can wake up the next morning and feel energized and excited to get back at the same problem with new ideas, then this is the place for you to be um, as far as software engineering goes. So and that's definitely been the case for me, like no matter how frustrated I might be going, like you know, having to drop a problem um, at work or in my free time, you know, and then go to bed or go home. Um, I almost I think I can't think of a time where I'm not waking up the next morning excited and energized with new ideas and wanting to go like try and tackle the problem again. Um, and so I think that kind of passion or drive is very, very helpful and a really good sign that software engineering is for me and then anyone else who shares that for them as well. Um, 
you know, beyond that, I, I think I just, I really enjoy learning. Um, and that's, and there's no shortage of anything to learn in software engineering. I mean, even if, even if I were to stay in the same area, like, you know, API development, which is where I'm current, cur- uh, sorry, cur- kind of currently in that, um, I would, uh, still, it's, it's going to be changing constantly. And if I were to stay in that world, you know, every, was it like every few years, I think is what people estimate things kind of, uh, flip themselves over as a new, new leaf mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it's, like if you like learning and you like cha- uh, coding, like uh, tackling challenging problems, then this is a area for you, and it's definitely been the true for me as well. Amazing. So for the folks that is kind of, you know, probably ready to jump into a boot camp and plow through three, four months and six months or whatever, uh, do you have any other tips uh, for them? To touch on the boot camp side of things, I guess I do get some people re- who reach out to me on LinkedIn or um, somehow they get my email and they just reach out as well. And they'll ask like what they would recommend, like what boot camp to recommend uh, to go with and um, all that kind of stuff. And I think the way I did things, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but it was a, it was a part-time boot camp. Um, so I would come and I would go to work and then I would come home and we had a newborn son at the time. And so, you know, I would come home and help out with him, put him to bed. And then I would go um, and code from like 9 p.m. to like 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning a lot of time and then go back to work and repeat, basically. Before someone jumps into a coding boot camp, I, I, I guess I would, ex- I would I would recommend that they would look into the option of like a part-time versus full-time boot camp. Because um, obviously the full-time ones require you most of the time to quit your job and, you know, kind of be all in on this career transition. Um and then also part of, sorry, I did part-time versus full-time, but also online versus a brick and mortar camp. Um, Cause there's, I think there's a lot of cost savings there, mm-hmm. but the um, the brick and mortar ones seem to have more of a networking um, advantage to them. So I think just given someone's the place that they are at their life, family versus no family, you know, savings versus no savings, that kind of stuff generically, um, there's a couple different options to, to take into factor there as far as what would work best for that person. Um, and then as far as like whether they want to leave their employer or whether they want to try and find um, a, a, a different role with that employer, like kind of what I did. Um, and then also like take your time kind of sampling um, whether coding is correct for you. I know, um, so Trios was the boot camp I, um, or the company that offers the boot camp that I went through. Um, and I signed up for them about a year prior to enrolling in the boot camp just to kind of, sample the landscape of languages and frameworks and topics that they cover. And that was how I, um, you know, was able to find out that I wanted to do code, or at least it helped um, with making my decision to want to move into coding uh, as a job. And then and then I enrolled in the boot camp. So I would say, you know, definitely take your time making sure it's it's right for you. And then pick the option as far as the boot camp goes that um, is works with your lifestyle and, and where you are at life. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing uh, everything. Um, I think with that, I will probably go ahead and wrap up the show. Uh, do you want to share anything else that you feel like? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the only thing I'd like to share is, um, like kind of along the imposter syndrome, uh, side of things, you know, it's, I definitely had my fair share of thinking I, I couldn't do this kind of stuff, but I want to, Anyone who's listening who thinks that coding might be something that they're interested in doing for a full-time job or even a part-time job, um, it's kind of a hybrid role. It's like you are fully capable of learning this, whether you have a CS degree or not. It's it's really about whether you like to learn um, and a lot of perseverance and grit and creativity, <clears throat> excuse me. But um, as far as your 
intelligence. Um, I think we have the stereotype um, of developers as being like geniuses and kind of like being savants of like coding since they were like five or something like that. You know, they were on a Linux machine and they hacked the Pentagon or something, you know? <laughs> and um, that's just, that's just, there, there's a, I'm sure there's a five-year-old out there hacking the Pentagon somewhere, you know, but um, that's just not true of, of um, your average software engineer. I would even say you're above average software engineer also. Um, and yeah. your experiences, uh, yeah, and, and your experiences outside of software engineering that you bring to the table, like for me, it was finance and accounting, you know, um, like that's valuable. And that's not just me saying that, like when I was the first pod um, or team um, that I joined as a software engineer, the pod lead at the time, um, you know, he even said like he had, he had a computer science um, degree and he was saying that, you know, bootcamp grads who have outside of CS um, knowledge of outside of CS topics, you know, that didn't go the traditional route. Um, they can very well have a leg up on people who went through the traditional route and just have a CS degree. So I, I guess I would really stress. And I wish I'm saying because I wish that someone else had built me up a little bit about it as well. Um, when I was going through this three or four years ago. Um, but like you are a you're fully capable of doing this if you just have perseverance and grit and you like to learn. Um, and B, don't discount your previous experiences um, that were previous to a boot camp. Like it's valuable and especially if you end up in the right employer, um, can definitely um, give you a leg up uh, over other uh, engineers you might be working with. Man, you reminded me of that funny meme once I saw it on Instagram where there was two images. One had um, what we think software engineers know. And then in that image, there was a guy, you know, in a black hoodie and um, hacking away. And then on the second image, it says uh, what they actually are and in which uh, the guy is just uh, Googling uh, over Stack Overflow and trying to find the answers. Oh, that was funny. Once again, thank you everyone for listening. And if you want to connect with Chris, please find the links to his social media in the description. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and all the other social media places. You know the drill. Uh, so that we can keep you posted on the upcoming journey about other guests so that you can learn from them. Thank you once again. Mic drop.